Hey folks, welcome to the Catholic Coaching Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Erin. And we are the Ingolds. We are the founders of Metanoia Catholic, and we are here to talk coaching in the Catholic world. Yes, where we teach people how to become students of their interior life, and we also train and coach other Catholic coaches. So we're excited to have you with us. Let's get started. Hey folks, welcome back. Catholic Coaching Podcast. Matt Engel here with my beautiful bride, Erin. Hello. And we are coming at you uh, from my grandmother's house in New Jersey. And as you know, most of the time we're doing our podcasting, we're doing it during nap time. And so we've always got a small window. Uh, sometimes our podcasting can be cut short when you hear a screaming baby in the background. But we can't really control also some of our environment. We don't have a nice recording studio. And so you're probably going to hear maybe a little bit of movement from our family that's all gathered into this small house right now. We've got lawnmowers in the background, as as mm-hmm. uh, Providence would have it. So we're just going to press through here, uh, and we're going to take on a very stoic disposition towards the circumstances. Why, Aaron? Why is that? Why is that appropriate for what we're going to be talking about here today? Um, well, this is actually based off of a conversation that you and I had yesterday on our drive down to New Jersey, and it was about a talk that Bishop Barron. It was actually more of an interview with Bishop Barron and Brennan Vaught on the Word on Fire YouTube page. Yep. And it's the difference between Stoicism and Christianity. And the reason why this is pertinent, right? I've yes. always wanted to use that word in a sentence. You just did it. Did you I do did it correctly? very well, okay. yes. Um, for us right now, the reason why it's pertinent for us is because you see this this underlying current of stoicism kind of emerging um, in the self-help industry, in a lot of life coaching industry. In it's like making a new rise. There's a resurgence of it. This philosophy, this ancient philosophy of stoicism. And um, in this particular video with Bishop Barron, he kind of describes the... Um, the distinctions between Stoicism and Christianity. Now, we are not Stoics as Christians, but also the touch points, like a lot of the, some of the similarities in which we have taken from the Stoics from um, and applied and really brought to fulfillment, which is what we want to do at Metanoia Catholic. Um, personally, for me, I've been going th- to the Life Coach School, which I think is one of the best life coach schools out there. Um, literally and called the Life Coach School. It is literally called the Life Coach School with Brooke Castillo. And I love the work that they do. As I was listening to a lot of the work and training, I just there was something that I couldn't put my finger on, but I was like, okay, I totally agree with this, but I don't agree with this. And I totally agree with this, but I don't agree with this. And luckily I did, I was, I had a, good formation in theology so I could discern and distinguish but I didn't have the language for it until I discovered this um really what stoicism is yeah Yeah. and and that's what it was that was that was very much the underlying current of the way the philosophy behind the life coach school yeah so we really want to take some time to just we're, we're not philosophers here, so we're going to be kind of using just some, I guess, lay person <laughs> language yeah. on it. or like pop philosophers in this. But we're going to explain it how we understand it, how we 
been able to, in a little bit of research that we've done, and you'll probably start to identify it in some of the areas in, in your own life where you see it, because uh, it certainly is making it a, a resurgence. You see it happening in certain business practices, mindset management. There's a lot of like Eastern principles that mm-hmm. have this, this, this stoicism uh, under, undercurrent uh, to it. And, and we all also want to say it's like it's not all bad. Like there's a lot of things. It's not like stoicism versus Christianity. Well, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of it of, at the early church fathers. Yeah, there's an from. incredible amount of overlap. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of the practices that we actually use in Metanoia Catholic with our coaching. And so really I think just starting with what stoicism is. I know, Aaron, you're probably going to pull your phone out and, yep. and look up your, your, uh, your definitions. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really like an interior disposition. I, I like the, the example that Bishop Barron used and said there's two ways to, to carpet the world. You can either carpet the entire world or you can just put two pieces of carpet underneath your feet. Mm-hmm. And that's and you get the same effect. And really what it's getting at, it's like we can ch- work on changing our whole circum- all of our circumstances around us, which is really impossible. There's mm-hmm. certain things we can't control. Or we can just change how we interact with our circumstances, how we perceive our circumstances. And so there's this big focus on this interior transformation, uh, mindset management, being conscious of the way that we're perceiving things, Mm -hmm. and then being deliberate about choosing how we're gonna perceive our, our circumstances. There's something very Christian in that, but you got the definition, Aaron. What's what's the definition for Stoicism? Yep, it's an ancient Greek school of philosophy um, founded in Athens. And the school taught that virtue, which was the highest good, is based on knowledge, and the wise live in harmony with divine reason. But also identified, divine reason is also identified as fate and providence that governs nature and are indifferent to vicissitudes. We'll probably have to look that word up next. (laughs) But they're indifferent to the fortune and to the pleasure and pain. So there is an indifference to pleasure and pain. And there's an indifference. There's almost, it's just this vast acceptance of all things. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost, there's a distance. There's there's a uh, apathy uh, to your approach. There's like, it is what it is, is Mm -hmm. kind of like, you can't change it. And it's this surrender to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's not just like a surrender to it as this is it. But there's a surrender to it and like, okay, I can't change it. I'm not going to be continually unhappy with it. I'm just going to. Change my thoughts about it. I'm going to change my thoughts about it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to just choose uh, things that are going to bring me to a place of just some some really almost like dulled passion, so to speak. Mm. Like the stoic is somebody that doesn't necessarily, does not want to be led by these intense passions. They want, there's almost an even keel. There's a deadpanness. And this is where, and, and that might be an extreme, but this is where I, I think there's some overlap in, in the Christian life, when I think of it, it's either St. Therese or, uh, or no, Sister Faustina. It's like, in prayer and suffering, like, Lord, I, I want to maintain the same disposition. Mm. Um, St. Ignatius talks about this in his spiritual exercises. So you're talking exercises. about the, the detachment piece. Yeah, well, it's it's a detachment. Not No, not so much the detachment. It's I think that's part of it. But it's more so like I, I don't want to be led by these intense passions, these intense emotions mm-hmm. that can arise from my response to the circumstances around mm-hmm. me. Rather, you know, even uh, Ignatius talks about if you're in place of consolation, like 
and you're you're you got like these good feelings, these joyful feeling, joyful emotions. You, you don't want to necessarily operate out of these extreme, even happy emotions, joyful emotions. Mm -hmm. You want to kind of he, he suggests like you want to just remind yourself that this is a gift. This is not something that's been generated by my own by my own works. Uh, I, I'm still frail. Like I think about the times that I'm in desolation and how easy it is for me to fall back into okay. those things. All right. Let's, so it's like I don't want to be led by these extreme passions. I think that's where the stoic sure. so is, there's is a, certainly Sure. So there is a disciplining of the passions. Okay. Where certainly we have that in common. Yeah. With that. We see that a lot in Christianity. We should be disciplining our passions. Because right? we can see some of the 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 fruits the the sour fruits the rotten fruits that can come from operating out of just sheer extreme passions i mean crimes of passion are extreme examples i murder somebody out of like just this crime of passion uh where i'm literally seeing red like that's an extreme end of it but then there's also like complete all right you know depression and that's leads to usually inaction complete i want to bring this back to We'll get into the passions, but mm -hmm. I think what we need to do is talk about the acceptance piece. Okay. The acceptance of all. Like, what is, it is what it is. Yeah, this fatalist mm -hmm. kind of. Well, okay. So, acceptance of all things, we can do that and live kind of a peaceful life, but I'm doing kind of air quotes over the peaceful life. We could try to do that. And it also leaves out our responsibility to be Christian, to resist an objective evil, if that's what's facing us. Right. It's problematic to, to take a stoic approach and also, um, and also state that we live in a moral world. All right, moral world meaning that there is good and evil. Mm -hmm. Evil is something, as Christians, we're called to resist the devil. We're called to resist evil. And so, are you resisting evil when you're just taking an approach of apathy mm -hmm. or passive acceptance or even indifference? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is, now, do we want to, does that mean that we're left only to respond passionately mm -hmm. uh, without any sort of mercy and this extreme zealousness? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we have to really know a tree by its fruits and we have to discern our way through that. I can't, there's no line in the sand that says, like, all right, like if I'm heated in the moment, then don't act. I mean, mm -hmm. we know, like I think of Saint uh, well, this Saint is... Louis de Montfort and how passionate he was. Yeah, and but he was still harnessed that passion. There was a har there was a taming, there was a harnessing. That's of where that the passion. discipline so, comes in. Yes. So this is Aquinas too, and when you kind of feel that powerful passion, um, to actually stop and to deliberately bring in the intellect and to judge it accordingly and to reason with it. So to not just immediately react mm -hmm. to it, um, but to actually think about it and be like, okay, is this reasonable for me to, to be reacting this way mm -hmm. and to judge like where the action so let's just say the passion is anger right yeah like is this anger directed towards the right object is this the right amount of anger will i achieve justice according to god if i follow through and act on this anger so 
that's another thing. And so just keep in mind, stoicism, there is no God, right? So mm-hmm. it's really just like a way for us to, to be peaceful in and throughout life without God, without an actual good in which we are um, inclined towards, in which we are created for. Yeah, that's huge. That is a huge distinction because, like, we know that God has put us here in some cases to fight evil, to be his ambassadors, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, yes. And that's the means by which we increase in virtue. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting is that you read in the definition that it's a path to virtue, right? The virtue being the habit of of doing good. Mm -hmm. And so there's a, um, that's certainly something that we have in the Christian life. Mm-hmm. But that attaining virtue isn't an end in and of itself. Attaining virtue yes. is so that we may be in a disposition to receive an increase in charity. Like that's the goal of the Christian uh, goal of the Christian life. An increase life, in grace is increase. From God. Well, yeah, but yeah. like even grace by by means to to have this increase in charity, mm-hmm. this participation in the divine life, which is grace certainly and. Uh, and and the pers- uh, participation in the very existence of God, which is charity, like we categorize that as charity, uh, and it's a different sense of like just being a charity case versus like Christian charity. We're talking about God's own love, participating in that. So there's um, there's ways, that, and Bishop Barron brings this up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just curbing our emotions that can be a way of growing in virtue. That is a way of being mm-hmm. able to grow in virtue. Because like you said, you have to bring your reason into that, which mm-hmm. is, you know, bringing that reason into it is certainly something that's virtuous. Because um, it brings in temperance. Temperance is this virtue of of in, of kind of bringing reason into, and regulating our interior dispositions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we're growing in the virtue of temperance as we're doing that. And through these stoic practices, you can get there. But, but it's not necessarily courageous to take on just an apathetic standpoint, another virtue, courage, in the face of evil, mm-hmm. right? Uh, evil is something, again, as Christians, we believe, and this is where we deviate from the, the Stoics, like evil, evil is something that needs to be resisted, not just accepted as, as, as fate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that, we, that needs to be engaged. Um, now, we... We look at evil and we see it as not God's perfect will, but we see it as God's permissive will. And so it begs the question, why does a God that is all loving permit this? Well, the Christian standpoint will say that, you know, he, he permits this knowing that a greater love can come forth from it. And this is Aquinas' argument against, you know, the, the number one argument against the existence of God the problem of evil, right? Mm-hmm. You say that we can, one possibility that really explains this is that this all-loving God, this God that is all good, permits evil only knowing that a greater good can come from it. So what is that greater good? Well, think of what happens in our own transformation that can come from resisting evil, the courage that it demands to put ourselves in the harm way, harm's way of these exterior assaults that now we have to resist, we have to get stronger, uh, we have to, we have to, have to seek education, perhaps, or we have to uh, engage in difficult conversations with people at times. Mm-hmm. Um, different ways that I think you, you miss out on a growth in virtue if you just take a hard, stoic approach to things where there's this apathy towards, towards evil, 
perhaps mm -hmm. a perceived evil and therefore you're never really engaging in those courageous practices that are going to build up this virtue of courage well so would you say that the virtue is like kind of the ground the groundwork that's laid down so that you can receive greater grace from the lord to partake in the redemption story I like that you're bringing up story and the redemption story. It makes all the difference. Well, what you just said was God permits evil, right? Mm -hmm. to, to, so that a greater good can come from it. What is probably the most evil thing that's ever happened on the face of the earth? Yeah. Us, us humans killing the son of God. Yes. Right? And then what was the good that emerged from that? Yeah. The redemption of the human race. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm pausing because we're hearing a screaming baby in the background. <laughs> we'll see if we can go a little bit further here to kind of wrap up, but we might have to break this up into two couple podcasts, sections. Two se segments here. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we, we've, got, we've gone into a definition of stoicism. We can see how this is being really something that's heralded and, and folks I, I, I agree with Bishop Barron in that like what stoicism does really apply is, is it it or provides is it gives like a way of like a almost a religious way of of, of encountering the world it gives guidelines some it's really practical. good practical yeah good practical guidelines on how to just get through life and and maintain peace and things like that as, as best we can um, but it and, it, and it does it in a, in a world that is, that is getting, you know, further and further away from, from religion, right? Religion is not necessarily there. And so uh, people find a way to fill the gaps, right? Mm -hmm. We were made to, you know, have these principles, to be led by some sort of principles. But where we're seeing stoicism falling short is it doesn't operate well in a moral world. We live in a moral world, meaning that there's good and evil. And it doesn't really adequately respond to um, the Christian call to resist e evil. And I mean, Sir Edmund Burke said it best. The only thing that's really needed for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing, mm. right? And the Stoic, pure Stoicism kind of yeah. leads down the path of good men and women doing nothing. Because it's just this blind, passive acceptance of what is. Right. It's, yeah, it's, we're just going to, you know, appeasement stra uh, strategy. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't add up. Doesn't, doesn't it's not useful in the context of a spiritual battle but as I do, well. But here's what I do like about it coming kind of into vogue a little bit is that there is an appeal to grow in virtue and discipline. Okay. Yeah. But it's, it falls short. Yeah. Because, because then you would ask, well, what is the, the virtue for? Well, what are the areas, Aaron, that, that you know, we, we admitted at the beginning of, of the podcast here that we use or we, some of these principles of stoicism in, in, our, own, in our own coaching. Like, mm -hmm. what's the useful aspects that we're finding in, in, in stoicism? What's the stuff that we want to continue really, to really use? I think it's, um, there's an, there is an element of of slowing things down a little bit mm -hmm. interiorly 
So there's not just this quick reaction being like, I have to fight this and I have to fight this right now. It's reactive and it's not really well thought out. Mm -hmm. There's not any room for judgment, like, like good judgment and reason. Mm. Um, and I would actually suggest that to anybody that you should, before you engage in a battle to a pray and to be slow things down and discern yeah and judge and reason accordingly um and to just be in a less reactive space and so i think that's what's really great too is to know that often what happens to us in the outside world we always have a judgment about it Mm. we do whether Whether we like it or not and whether we're conscious of it or not yeah like there's a judgment that could be taking place on the subconscious level and that is what directly affects our emotions, our passions, and our actions coming from that and really the fruits that we get in our life. And so, and so to slow that down and be really intentional about our reactions to these things and be intentional about our judgments of these things. Yeah. So the exercises that we do, oftentimes when we're working with, with our clients, they're getting results in their life, they're very conscious of the emotion a lot of the time that they're experiencing. Maybe they haven't put a name on it, but they know it's there. And so we help them identify what that name is, the name of that emotion is, whether it's sadness or anger or mm-hmm. apathy, or maybe sometimes they're even neutral place or they're sad, um, or they're feeling contempt or resentment. Uh, and, and then we say, okay, like what's driving this? We know that there's always a thought behind that emotion. And these emotions don't just necessarily pop up out of them on, on their own. They seem like they do, and so hence we get the triggered culture that we have where mm-hmm. it's like, I'm a slave to my emotions. I just have to act because they're there, and I'm not responsible for them. No. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. This is what the Stoics have done that's really well is they, they is have helped ownership. people bring, yes, mm-hmm. take custody back of their emotional life, their interior life, recognize that it's happening through, through a, a personal choice, and and that we can we really can have have a level of control over over our emotions. Now, I would always we, also say that we have a responsibility we, to have a level of control over that which we own, which is our intellect and will. It's a gift. It's a free gift from God. Yep. So that we can align it to His. Yep. And it allows us to operate in a very clean place. So mm-hmm. you might hear us say that, like, and that's what we try to bring our, our clients to is. Like, okay, you're making a decision here. We just we want at least you to make a decision in a clean place. Well, what do we mean by that? It's, I understand, like, I may be angry right now, but I know why I'm angry. And I'm, I'm okay with the reasons why I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes people are angry, but they're, they don't really know why they're angry. We would say that that's not the time to really act on that Correct. anger. Because <laughs> right? it's not intentional. Yes, and, and you can. there's a lot of collateral damage, and what happens is people will often act in anger, but what they're trying to do is figure out still why they're angry. Mm-hmm. And so, But if you can come to a place where it's just like, okay, maybe you find out the reason why you're angry is because you believe a lie about something. It's mm-hmm. not even something that's true. You're, you're perceiving a moral injustice that isn't there. It just isn't. And so that's something where we can, sometimes it's just a, a just, perception mm-hmm. shift or say, okay, like there really isn't a whole lot of evidence for this story that you're telling. There's, there's in fact, m- maybe even more evidence for 
this interpretation of, of, of this circumstance. Maybe, mm-hmm. and, and somebody can just look at that and be like, oh, okay, well, I was really ticked off because this person said, sent this text message. Always a problem here, folks. Yeah. They sent this text message, <laughs> and I read it like this, but they could have meant it this way. Okay, yeah. That seems like it makes sense for the person, the relationship that we have. So that's a perfect example of slowing it down, judging accordingly, and reasoning through it. Yeah. And, and not that, just being reactive. And that's a stoic approach to these things, where now you're not reacting from the passions. Rather, you're reacting from really a reasonable, clean yeah. place. I mean, I would also say it's a Christian approach. Well, yeah. Thanks. You're not harming somebody else. You're not <laughs> right. perpetuating evil. Uh, you get to really be the hero in the story. You get to grow in virtue just in those little exercises. Um, so that's where we see it being a really an, a, a pretty good thing, yeah. too. Yep. Yeah. So certainly we are not Stoics, but we have borrowed some of their techniques. And as Bishop Aaron, and we will include this in our show notes, the video that you can go watch. But as Bishop Aaron says, we bring it to a higher pitch because it is we align it to our greatest good, which is God. Yes. And also in that step of bringing your thoughts into judgment or like your emotions, like what's the thought that's behind the emotion, but you're bringing that to a judgment in a reasonable place is to always ask the Lord what his interpretation of that thought is too. It's a really helpful step. We do this in our journal and it's very powerful. Yeah. And we look forward to sharing more about that with you. I think you know, we do a follow-on episode. We talk a little bit more about just stoicism and, and how it how it can operate effectively if we bring the moral kind of truths of our faith into yes. it. Uh, because we've got a process for how we coach people. Sometimes it's it's not just the problem in their head. Sometimes there's mm-hmm. there's a bona fide objective problem. There's there's a real evil that you're encountering. Well, how do we still resist that evil in a loving mm-hmm. way, in a coming from a clean place, in a way that is that is just but also merciful. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about that in a follow-on episode. We have to do it with grace. We do. We must. Mm-hmm. So prayer is always a part of that preview of coming attractions. But that's all we got for you today here, folks. Thanks so much. Hope you enjoyed. Hey, folks, thanks so much for being with us. If you want to learn more about Metanoia Catholic and how to get coaching with us, go to metanoiacatholic.com. That's M-E-T-A-N-O-I-A Catholic. Thanks so much for listening.